Hi, this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Podcast. I am Randy Frisch. Anna, we've got a fun one today for us. Uh, we've got John McAlpine joining us as the SEO Director at Cardinal Digital Marketing. Now, SEO is one of those things, it's never going away, but it's always changing, right? And, and I think what we got to do today was get some very practical right now, how do I optimize advice, and then sandwich that at the end uh, with uh, some ideas on where is search going and an area that we're always intrigued about, maybe we can't optimize for quite yet, but it's voice search. So these are two areas that we're going to hit on. The practical was how do you be that little blurb, that little snippet that comes up front? And I don't know. I mean, Anna, you and I were chatting about this afterwards. Like, do you want to be that blurb or do you want to just be the result? What's, what's your preference? Would you rather someone just, you know, get a glimpse of what you have to offer or do you want to force them to enter? Look, I unabashedly sit within the user experience camp, which I think sometimes doesn't have to be at odds with SEO, but sometimes the the goals are different, right? So while sometimes SEO really wants to drive clicks, I very much want to be the person that provides the best user experience. But then on the flip side, you know, maybe just being the best at UX doesn't actually drive to our business goals. So there's a lot of different facets to that. But I want to be the snippet. That's a very long way to say I want to be the snippet. <laughs> I think what you're saying is I want to be I want to be everything, which is not a bad thing, yeah. right? It's it's funny. I, I was out with a friend literally last night for dinner and we were talking, we weren't talking about business or anything like that, but we were talking about search and, and talking about, you know, what we each read online. And he was, he was alluding to this idea that he really just reads through Twitter now. Like he doesn't even click through the link anymore. He lives in the 140 characters and that's his definition of reading, which is, you know, it's lazy, it's sad, but it's the reality for some people. So for me, I want to be, I want to be able to have the answer for everyone, right? I want to be able to, to, to take care of the person who wants 140 characters or is looking for that snippet in the search result. But I also want to be there for the person who wants to dig deeper, who maybe wants, you know, needs to, you know, read more, understand more, watch more videos, whatever that, that is that we're going to lead to. I want to offer both. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, you, we can't be everything to everyone, uh, which sucks. But yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely things I think that John gives us today that we can do immediately to help optimize our content, to make sure we're doing the best things that we can today. Because this world of search has been changing and is still changing so fast, there's only so much within our power. But he gives a lot of great advice about how we can actually still optimize today and try to be everything as best as we can to everybody. Absolutely. Well, let, let's roll it with John. We have him in studio for the next 20, 30 minutes. Enjoy this episode of the Content Experience Podcast. Hey, John, welcome to the Content Experience Show. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about all of the amazing SEO things today. But before we get there, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, I'm based out of Texas and I work for Cardinal Digital Marketing running the search and SEO side. Um, we mostly work a lot with healthcare, education, and big enterprise mid-market level companies. And we focus on driving qualified customers through organic search. All right. So on organic search, I mean, the world has changed a lot in, in the last little while. Uh, if, if we go back, there were, and, and I'm not suggesting is not so important, but it's, it's more that it's changed, right? And I, mm-hmm. I use this terrible dad joke all the time, which is that, you know, the best place to hide things on Google used to be page two, which people would laugh at mildly. Um, but now it's almost, you know, result two or result three. I mean, you know, we, we don't go very far down in terms of our expectations. So what have you, maybe you could speak to some of the things that, that are changing that expectation from what you're seeing from customers and audiences at the end of the day? There's different competing priorities going on with between uh, businesses and Google. Businesses want to rank high on Google get more because, you know, the higher you rank, the higher potential click-through rate is and get more business. Google's goal is to ser- provide the best search experience for users, which means they're adding more features to the search engine results page. We've started seeing a huge explosion in featured snippets, r- rich results, uh, knowledge panels have boomed with more information, and they're trying to answer questions all on the results page without even sending anyone to the website. Now, that's a really cool thing for users, and it's really nice to see, but a lot of companies, especially publishers who rely on traffic for you know ad revenue and things like that, are really starting to suffer from this. So no longer is the feature snippet something you really want, because um, sometimes there's bugs where Google can even forget to mention the source. And so they may not even be able to click through. Um, most of the time, that's not the case. But um, there's a competing mindset here: is do we want that? Do we want our answer, that question answered right away? We want that traffic. Well, there's also some competing data saying that hey, well, even though we had that feature snippet, people are still clicking through. So there's a lot of competing things going on right now. And whether is Google doing the right thing for for businesses, or should they keep focusing on users? So let's, let's break this down really practical for people because you hit on this idea of the snippet that's broad in line and we all, we have all seen that, right? I mean, we know it well when we're, when we're looking to define a word that we just don't know the very basic definition to. So we now embarrassingly don't have to open a dictionary. We just go define this term and and they tell us that definition. So Mm -hmm. how is Google determining what to bring forward into those results? So how can people rank to that first result to be that snippet? So several factors. I wish it was just one. The easiest way is to answer the question as quickly as possible. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen is that people will have these long, they'll ask a question, they'll propose the question. It's the biggest one. You have to propose the question in your content. A lot of times these are blogs or resource articles that are ranking. Very rarely is it an actual landing page. Um, but for these long tail questions, you get to pose the actual question and answer it as quickly and succinctly as possible. Uh, a lot of people have this fluff and kind of a long intro text, which is typical for writers, but that doesn't really help Google or you, you just quickly find that information. Gotcha. No, that's helpful. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, you just made me go run a check on what is content experience. And I had a huge sigh of relief that Uberflip is coming up right now as, as the, the snippet of, of what it is. So 
we're, we're obviously answering very directly and quickly. Um, you know, what, what happens as it gets cluttered and, and competitive and, and there's a lot of people out there, obviously it goes away from how, how quickly you do. And I assume it's more around domain authority. Yeah, sort of. No. Uh, yes and <laughs> no. Of. Okay, so <laughs> just remember also that domain authority is not a ranking factor. It is a tool that Moz has created that is very helpful and very accurate to the uh, website's ability to rank, but Google does not use it. But it's a great reflection and a tool that almost every SEO uses. It's kind of a disclaimer I have to put out there. Um, but there is some sense of using domain authority because Google does prefer to use answers from trusted websites. And part of building trust is getting a lot of high quality links from other trusted sources. So for example, if you're asking a medical question, a lot of times Mayo Clinic or WebMD is going to get ranked because everyone's citing them as a source. And they're a very well trusted website and they have a very high domain authority. So yes, that is part of it. So question, it, so it sounds like we're kind of at this crossroads where, as you had mentioned, Google really, their entire goal is to serve up the best results possible and to make this user experience wonderful and, and answer people's questions without them even having to click through to a site. Yet, as marketers and oftentimes um, as businesses, we rely on those clicks and we want nothing more than to bring people to our site. So we're kind of at a crossroads with competing interests. So how do we rectify that? How do we both do what Google wants so that we obviously get served in results, but then also balance our need to drive that traffic? Because it sounds like obviously those are two totally different things. That's where we blend the art and the science of SEO. Um, really what it comes down to is there's a, there is a, technically a kind of a science to getting into these featured snippets. There's a little bit of technical optimization, very little bit, a lot of content finesse. Okay, so let's say we've used all of our skill sets to manufacture ourselves into the featured snippet. We got it. How do we get that click? That's where the art comes in. It's let's answer the question, but find a way to leave a hook to make them want to learn more. Here's a quick answer to your question, but, the, but your question, there's a bigger picture around that. And you need this additional information. And so, because a lot of times Google will sometimes answer the question and end with an ellipses. So if we can find a way to rank in that feature snippet while still having that hook, that cliffhanger. So, sounds like basic content marketing, right, Anna? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much that Google can serve before truncating that answer. Which, by the way, also going back to your earlier comment about having a very long intro, um, I'm a massive advocate and any writer out there who is not leveraging web writing best practices, I sincerely urge you to go back and analyze your writing because a lot of web writing best practices are going to eliminate some of these issues like the extremely long lead in. Um, that's just best user experience, best practices. And it also is just beneficial for SEO as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if I can make a quick note on that, yeah. I tell, I, I have, whenever I have writers write for me, I always give them, very detailed outlines for that specific reason. Um, and it, it is kind of a pet peeve of mine to have a long intro, but there's this balance between we want to have long, lengthy content because there are several studies that show the longer the content, the better you can rank. But you, you can't really rank if your content is just fluff. So essentially, it's like, you know, quick answer, then followed by supporting document, supporting evidence. Um, but if you want to have a mixture of that fluff, and the factual things. It's short answer, 
supporting information. And within that, you can have examples. And in your examples that people can relate to, that's when you can mix your great content writing with answering with some more supportive information and being able to rank for more keywords. Very nice. It's just a quick tool. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, uh, web writing best practices are so undervalued and, um, just answering, answering that question immediately and then driving into some of those supporting details. Absolutely agree. Um, John, I want to get more into some of the, um, SEO aspects of things like ranking jobs and, and, you know, some voice search as well coming up. But before we do, let's take a super quick break and hear from our sponsors, but everybody stick around because we have lots more SEO goodness after the break. Hi, friends. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at Convince and Convert. Com. Everybody, welcome back. We are here with John and we are talking about, uh, well, a lot of different SEO topics. So John, I'd like to kind of transition to probably the topic of search that is on everybody's mind. And it's kind of what everybody's been talking about, which is voice search. Uh, voice search isn't necessarily new, but I think everybody's really starting to pay attention to it right now. And there's this insane shift with the adoption of uh, voice-assisted devices and smart speakers. So where do people even start with voice search? Because I think this is something that it's so new, it's so different, people are just kind of freaking out about it. Yeah, so I think the, right off the bat, what people need to understand is the fundamental difference between voice search and voice assistance. Um, and I've written about this a lot. Um, and so essentially voice assistance is asking, Hey, what's the time? What's the weather? Set an alarm for me. It's asking your device to assist you with a simple task versus voice search, which is more self-explanatory. It's searching the web for an answer or to, to do an action. And so where a marketer is going to want to uh, really focus on here is voice search. Um, now, it's kind of interesting. There's a recent study I just read um, from some data done by Path Interactive that um, voice search actually isn't working very well right now. Um, and it turns out 37% of the respondents say that the voice devices don't understand what they're saying or asking. It's causing a lot of frustration. 12% are saying that they don't really answer the question very well. Um, and really only 16% said they didn't have any complaints. But there's a lot of issues around voice search. And the reason for that is that we're still in the early stages. It's been around for a few years, but we're still very young and it's still developing, which not to be a downer, this means that we have a lot of opportunity to improve it. We all can work together and make a better experience. Now, we were talking a lot about featured snippets earlier. It's important to note that when you're asking a simple question on voice search, nine times out of 10, those answers are coming from the, one of the top three results in the featured snippets. So, how do marketers, what do we do from here? Well, yeah, we can answer questions, but 
is that going to drive business? Really, because voice search is kind of that shiny object in the room right now. Yeah, we can get a, a, a question answered, but how can we drive business? Right. I, I couldn't agree more with you, John. I, I think that's, that's the part that a lot of marketers are, they're very curious about this right now. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'd love to even know in, in all that research if they know who's more accurate between Alexa and Google and Siri. Uh, that, you know, that's more of a laughable stat, but I, I'm truly interested as I buy my next home device. <laughs> um, but, but I think the question is, how is this going to transfer into work? Um, and, and, you know, as much as I kid about buying my next device, I have too many voice devices in my house now that I just got another free uh, Google Home Mini and I have nowhere to put it. And I instantly thought to myself, you know, what if I just put it on my desk at work? But then I re- reflected and I said, like, what am I really asking it that's going to help in my work day at this point versus mm-hmm. the stuff that's more social and casual? So I, what I always like to do is not get caught up on that and say it's never going to happen because then then we're not forward thinking. I guess, what do, what do you think are going to be some of the shorter term wins for businesses, you know, to start to move towards mm-hmm you know, where we'll see early uptake that then later will lead us maybe to more comprehensive search. Right. I actually find that interesting that you mentioned that for your work because um, the majority of people, about 42%, which is actually the majority of, are using the voice search either at home or at work. Um, Now, really where it comes down to and what a lot of marketers don't understand is that you can actually create apps for the, and get them on these voice devices. And so, finding a way to creatively create commands that people can know about and use practically. So let's say you are a large enterprise company and you have several internal processes going on. You can actually probably create some uh, apps, I guess, or sorry, they're called skills. That's the word I was blanking on. They're called skills and have voice search assist you there. Um, The key here is, yeah, you can do it for the consumer audience, but that also requires a new level of education. Um, and recently I've been seeing it on my, uh, my Amazon home that they've been saying, hey, we have these skills. Come check out our library of skills that you can use. So they're trying to help educate people here and there. Um, but if you can educate your audience on how to use their devices for voice search for your brand, that's where you can win. It's, you know, it's interesting because we are at this sort of like new, this sort of frontier in new technology. like. It, it makes me wonder just how it's going and the direction that it's going. And, you know, it seems like just being there and being present and optimizing our content to even just be available. So even though it might not drive that click today, it might not drive, you know, the business today, I think being there and being present because on my Google Home Hub, it tells me where that piece of content is coming from. And so even just raising that awareness. Um, but every time I think about sort of where we're going with this and, you know, what it could be used for and what the potential could be and what it's limited to today, I think about probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little less than that, like nine years ago when really iPhones started becoming adopted. And I had an executive at one of my very old agencies hold up his phone and say, you know what? It's great. It's never going to take over the BlackBerry. And I just, every time I like, I'm like, I don't know if this voice assistant thing is like, great. I don't know. I don't use Siri that much. Or like, I don't know. My Google Home Hub is great. I'm always like, yeah, that dude literally doubted the iPhone. And then, yeah. so I just have to keep that in mind and be like, okay, well, maybe just being, right. there, being present is the answer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's trying, right? This is not something that we can wait 
for the, the develop is everyone has to put their input in and f- make it happen, right? Yeah. And find where it can work. Um, for example, and Google's, I'll say Google themselves are trying to help businesses do this. Um, late last year, they actually piloted um, some restaurant reservations in New York, I believe. I think it's in Brooklyn. Um, oh, cool. And, and so you could actually reserve space at a restaurant on your Google Home. Interesting. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Have you seen that video? There's an amazing video more recently, I, I maybe in the last six months, where someone from Google is actually setting a hair appointment, but it's a back and forth conversation with mm-hmm. the, with the real person at the hairdresser and the Google assistant is is completely managing it, even using ums and ha's and very casual conversations. Yeah, so, so I've seen that. Um, and this is actually a setting you can set in Google My Business to allow yourself. They actually set everyone to default to allow it. Um, but there's a lot of business owners that are complaining that it's a little buggy and a lot of people aren't aware of it. So it took them by surprise that they're getting businesses are getting phone calls from robots and uh, they're just like throwing it back and it kind of, it's going to be a learning curve basically. That's so funny. We haven't even touched on local search and I feel like this is a whole new level of like local search to come. Like how do, Mm -hmm. how do you even deal with this type of, of, you know, presence as a business? I mean, yeah, local search is a a whole nother topic and it's another thing that a lot of mom and pop shops struggle with. So learning that, that, oh, I'm going to start talking to robots now is a whole other curve. Absolutely. John, this has been a lot of fun. We actually had a uh, podcast about four months ago, I'm guessing, on local search and, and talked a lot about a lot of similar things that we talked about today, more from what to do to optimize your your page, uh, you know, from that perspective. So definitely check that out as, as people, you know, dig back into our, our podcast history here on the Connex podcast. John, what we're going to do, there's been a, a ton of fun learning from you around the ideas of, S, of SEO, uh, but we'd love to learn a little bit more about you as we do with all of our guests. So we're going to get you to stick around for one one last segment. If you got time listening, you want to hear all John's got to offer on the grill. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Connex podcast. Hey everyone. I wanted to take just a few seconds today to talk to you about Emma. Emma is an email marketing platform that helps you connect with your audience and grow lasting relationships. They're awesome. They offer really intuitive tools to build and automate emails with powerful segmentation and reporting too. And the big difference is they're focused on you. Between their award-winning support and their pro services team, they make sure every customer has success with their email marketing. Seriously, they are amazing. You can learn more and request a demo today at myemma.com slash J is awesome. Again, that's myemma.com slash J is awesome. All right, John. So we know how you optimize for the web. Now we want to know what do you optimize on the grill? Uh, and this is the part where we get to know our guests a little bit more. You've shared, uh, you know, being from Texas, uh, loving the grill. Uh, I, we're right in the, the heat of summer right now. So what's your go-to uh, when, you're, when you're out there? Uh, Barry in the lead, man. I'm a huge barbecue nut. Um, it's a huge barbecue culture here in Texas. And believe it or not, um, Texas has started doing something really interesting over here that I'm real excited about is that high schools, there's a lot of people doing collegiate, you know, competing to do football, basketball, baseball. 
there is now competitive barbecue down here in Texas between high schools. And I, cannot, and I cannot wait for my kids to be in high school so I can be the coach because I'm big <laughs> on the barbecue, man. Um, also a massive basketball fan, a uh, Mavs fan, Boston Celtics. I, I'm huge into the NBA right now. Amazing. I mean, well, I, I'm also into the NBA, but that's because I'm from Toronto. So oh, congrats, how can, man. Uh, how yeah. can you not be? How can yeah, you not be? We're I was real happy to see that win. That's great Absolutely. for you guys. Well, by, by the time this podcast airs, the Kawhi watch is probably going to be done, and we'll, we'll probably all know where he's landed. But uh, until then, he should stay. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm a good thing. It. It's, like it's, a great place, yeah. it's just like good SEO practices. If it's working, why change it, right? There you go. Uh, John, this has been a ton of fun. On, on behalf of Ann over at Convince and Convert, I'm Randy from Uberflip. Uh, John, maybe you can give us one uh, place that people can go learn a little bit more about Cardinal Digital Marketing. Yep, you can give us at cardinal, cardinaldigitalmarketing.com. If you want to learn more about SEO or just ask me a one-off question, you can follow me on Twitter at SEO Counseling, and I answer all my all questions come to me. Amazing. That's that's a great resource to have for everyone. And and so is all the the past episodes that we've recorded here on the Content Experience Podcast. Go check them out. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing well, what you'd love to hear. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in to the Content Experience Podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.